Athena Taka was born in Greece and received an MA in sculpture from the Academy of Fine Arts in Athens. And that was followed by an MA in art history and a doctorate in aesthetics from the Sorbonne University in Paris. Since 2000, when she moved to DC, she's been affiliated with the University of Maryland um, at College Park. In 1989, she had a retrospective at the High Museum of Art in Atlanta, and more recently, solo shows in Washington at the Marsha Mateka Gallery and the um, American University Art Museum at the Katzen in uh, 2006. Several books are published on her work, including Dancing in the Landscape, um, the sculpture of Athena Takan that was published in 2000. And then over 35 of her public commissions have been executed uh, throughout the US. And she presently has three large commissions in progress, one of which is in an entire plaza in the new Bloomingdale's at Friendship Heights in Bethesda. So that's very close by. I hope you all can see it. So that gives you kind of a, her background. She was um, uh, from the works that were down here. She decided to pick this piece by Mana Hatun. So I'd love to hear your take on it. Thank you very much for coming. There are many beautiful works in this exhibition, actually. Um, and uh, so I'll have to explain to you why I selected this one. Um, three reasons. One, I think Mona Hatoum is one of the most uh, original and inventive and complex artists in the last two decades. And she works in many media, from sculpture to um, uh, video to performance. Um, second reason is that um, the work is low-lying and humble, and I like humble works. If a woman's work, really. Uh, women work horizontally, landscape, often, and men rise up. Um, the, third the third reason is that um, I have a lot of common uh, uh, things with uh, Mona Hatoum. Uh, besides being both expatriate artists from Mediterranean cultures, uh, we both are site-oriented uh, sculptors uh, and conceptually motivated, who work, however, a lot with the human body and its vulnerability. And also, I could list a lot more uh, similarities, but I want to mention the we share, uh, we use the same materials. And this work particularly attracted me because I have used myself silicon since 1969, which uh, is 40 years ago almost. Uh, I am 16 years older than Monahatum, so that explains it. Um, um, well, I will, I will explain, if you want, the technical, the, te uh, the making of this work later. But right now, I want to uh, just say a word about silicon. Silicon is one of the most common elements in the universe. And if you add an N to it, silicon, uh, it, it means a, a very comp a long polymer, a very tough polymer molecule, which uh, uh, is even more common, all sand is silicon and, uh, in, in the, on Earth, and uh, glass, etc. But it also has a fluid form, a liquid form, like silicon rubber that she used here. Uh, and also, it's, uh, this, uh, uh, even more liquid form uh, is used for um, spaceship lubricant because it is extremely resistant to very high and very low temperature. Temperature. So it's a very tough material. But while I'm talking about the, the content of the work, I would like you to look at the material 
uh, and the, itself and to see how beautifully it catches light. Just move around a little bit and it, uh, it has no lights inside. It reflects ambient light in a very beautiful way that makes it look moist, sensuous and uh, at the same time soft, which it is not, um, and uh, altogether uh, luscious material. Um, so, but I will, I will start with explaining uh, the, the meaning of the work from the title, because titles are extremely important for Monahatum and do mean a lot. The title is Entrails Rug, two parts. Uh, let's start with the second one. Um, rug implies, again, humbleness, uh, it, uh, or horizontality, domesticity, uh, women's labor, because women weave rugs usually, they are the, the people who weave the rugs, and also the people who clean the rugs. So uh, those are, that's the, the meaning, the connotations of the second part of the title. The first part of the title, uh, entrails intestines, uh, conveys naturally the body's physicality, and uh, even more than that, the body's interior, and uh, it evokes um, possible pain even because uh, there was there used to be a torture called disembowelment or evisceration in many cultures that were, when they removed the intestines while out while the person was alive so it it has kind of it suggests um, possibly disgusting or fearful things. But at the same time, this is uh, the, clo the, the closed-packed shapes of the, of the curves uh, evoke other parts of the body, such as the brain, and in fact, brain coral, other forms of nature. I can't resist passing around to you. This microphone is a bit of a nuisance, but uh, these images of uh, brain coral that my husband and I uh, photographed in Roatan two weeks ago because it, it is exactly the same image of the rug. Um, so uh, this combi the, the two parts of the title uh, evoke the um, complexity of the work and the multi-level meaning of the work. Uh, but where did this work stem from and what is uh, its placement in um, Mona Hatum's oeuvre? It, it is from the mid-90s, uh, when she was 43 years old and at the height of her maturity. Um, and I think personally that it stems, it is bracketed by two videos that she made in 1994 uh, and 1996. Uh, the videos are um, endoscopies that um, uh, were taken of her own body. When she had a, a, a show at the Centre Pompidou in Paris, she finally convinced two doctors, or had the museum convinced two doctors, to do an endoscopy and a colonoscopy of her, uh, which for no clinical purpose, but for art, to, for her to show and, and see her interior landscapes. And those videos were shown, the, the one is called Foreign Body, 
uh, foreign because the, body, the revelation was to her, it was a revelation of her own body, an aspect of her body she did not know, but also foreign because she is a foreigner, she feels a foreigner wherever she lives. Um, and uh, that's how she explains the title. And she exhibited it as a video uh, in, in the floor uh, inside the booth. So you would enter the booth and look into the cave of the intestines of her colon, uh, accompanied by sounds of her heart and her body, um, her entrails. Um, I, I should say that the body has actually six orifices, three up and three down, and she used only one up and one down, but in any case, that was pretty daring anyway. Um, the second work she exhibited at, uh, in Hamburg in 1996, and it's called um, um, uh, Deep Throat, because indeed, she looked, the endoscopy was all the way down to her esophagus, and she exhibited it as a video on, on, a, on the table inside the, in the middle of a plate and with a setting on the table so you would pick up the fork and look in the plate thinking you, it might be a fried egg and there was her, the inside of her uh, uh, throat. And of course deep throat may refer to the porno film that uh, she, she always, her, as I said, her titles are very important and she always uh, uh, implies a lot of uh, meanings and levels with every work. Um, at the same time, when I think that this was inspired by those two videos, but at the same time it may have inspired or started a, a series in the mid-90s of rug sculptures. One of them was shown in uh, the Istanbul Biennale in 1995 called uh, uh, Prayer Carpet and it was uh, um, made with Thumb, uh, no, thumb tags or um, carpet tags uh, uh, with the pins up, of course. And the other one is called a straight pin carpet uh, made with long pins. Uh, so those two uh, contain the danger, dangerous aspect, the fearful aspect, and yet the beauty of the material. Um, So I think this, this work, with its accompaniment of the other four works I mentioned, really uh, frame the essence of uh, Mona Hatoum's uh, work, I mean, vision, artistic uh, uh, um, concept. But I would like you to turn around and look at the second uh, work by Mona Hatoum that we have there, and you can go closer later on maybe. Well, no, we want to stay here in case uh, for the questions. Um, that is called um, uh, web bed. And again, it has a double meaning, webbed. You can be webbed because instead of a mattress or a spring, it, the, it has a uh, spider web of wire which uh, again implies all kinds of further um, associations with entrapment, imprisonment, um, uh, incarceration even. And uh, the bed, of course, is a hospital bed, which may imply uh, imprisonments in an asylum or uh, being confined by illness. 
but uh, generally um, she makes, this is one of, of the sculptures that she makes with metal, she makes a lot of structures uh, that imply uh, imprisonment such as cages uh, and um, uh, other beds and, and so on. But what is interesting about this one is that it has a spider web because the spider is an image that um, she uses often um, in other works as well, uh, partly because of the creepy uh, nature of spider, of the uh, capturing of, of, the spy of uh, victims by the spider, but also I think because it goes back to weaving, and weaving is very important for her. She has done works with weaving her hair, uh, I mean hair, uh, a jewel uh, made of her hair woven, or we, uh, works with weaving wire. Uh, so, and it brings us back uh, all the way around to the domestic and the, and the humble uh, aspect that I mentioned starting to begin, uh, to begin with, with this rug. So, uh, those are uh, the basic things that I wanted to say about it, and now we can have time for questions, and if you want, I will explain also how technically this ma was made. We have not gotten the information from her, um, but um, um, she travels a lot and I uh, contacted a gallery only yesterday because I was away myself. But uh, I think that uh, I have a pretty clear idea of how it was made, if you want to Can know. You yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what? Oh, I thought that uh, everybody knows. Um, she is uh, a Palestinian family that moved to uh, Lebanon, to, to Beirut, because she, um, uh, persecution of the Palestinians. And uh, she, she was born and, and grown up, grew up in Beirut. Uh, and then in 19, and actually she became um, uh, a designer. Her background is very similar to mine. We were from small, um, a bourgeoisie family, uh, middle class family. Her, her father worked for the British Embassy. She was, went to a French school, as I did in Greece, and so on and so on. But then she, she uh, wanted to escape from her family. Her fa father wanted her to have a practical profession, uh, like my father. And uh, she became a designer, uh, went to school, three years to a design school, and uh, worked for an advertising office. And then she, in 1975, she went to London and got trapped there because the, the civil war is, uh, broke in Lebanon. So she stayed in London and went to art schools in London, and that's where she became an artist in the mid-80s. Um, 75 or 85? Did I say 75? Yeah, 75 she went to England, yeah. Is that uh, enough? Okay, about making it, shall I? Um, well, the first question is how the form was made. And there are two possibilities, clay or a, a, mo a material, soft material that you model with your hands and shape into those uh, forms. Uh, it could be clay or it could be plastiline. I think uh, either could be, but I have more the impression of um, clay, uh, plastiline here. and. Uh, uh, placing them, curving them, and placing them on a flat ground. Uh, she actually made them into first into long kind of 
thirds and then turn them around because you will see that they have creases at every turn. Uh, the other possibility that I thought of, and that's why I had to look closely, is that she used cow's intestines and stuffed into them, injected into them, uh, something like a th thickish stuff like the bowels have, and uh, then uh, uh, cast them. But I don't think that's the case, because uh, I think it's too lumpy, so I think it was made with plastiline. And uh, if you notice closely, uh, this exists in an edition of three. It was cast in three copies. Therefore, it had to be reproducible. It may, uh, they may have kept the molds and they may make a bigger edition, but uh, I read that there are three. So if you look closely, those interstices, which are between the, the loops, are filled with something so that they are not too deep, because in order to open the mold, you, you you pour plaster, let's say, or, or another material. There are rubber molds, there are uh, harder pla than plaster molds uh, over the entire surface or in, in pieces. And it looked as if they filled in, she filled in all the deep in, uh, interstices so that the, the, the negative, the mold does not catch under. The, in other words, the intestines are not fully rounded. Um, and it looks as if, from looking from the side of the intestines, that there may be two pieces of mold, one lid, one the top, and one uh, lower, because it, it looks as if they have a, it, there is a remnant of a seam along, along the edges. But that I can't be certain. I mean, the molds can be made in many different ways and in many different pieces. And then this, the liquid rubber was injected into the molds. Uh, and then it solidifies. It goes, there are t different processes, vulcanization and uh, all kinds of processes. So, um, that, does that uh, explain sufficiently the making of it? Are there any reactions or questions? We've spent some time looking at this. What, what are people thinking about or what kind of questions might you have? I'm, I'm just, I'm impressed or kind of preoccupied with thinking about that, like, there's this tension between this kind of undulating, thank you. This tension between the undulating, um, persistent movement of the um, intestinal kind of imagery, um, and then how it's so bound by the rectangle, mm -hmm. and it didn't maybe need to be. It could have had an irregular edge, but the the binding of it is, I think, makes it just more, you know, fills it with the tension more. That may be true, the tension, but I think it is the edge of the rug. I mean, she does call it rug, and she wants to give, create, maintain the, the integrity of, of the rug. And, of course, it is thick because it has to sustain itself. It actually is flexible. Um, and it, it, but it is so tough that uh, no, uh, nothing would tear it. I mean, it's really a very tough material. Um, the, the, I also wanted to say, and um, Leslie's comment reminded me, that the, um, the beauty of the, of the material um, come, clashes with the disgustedness, let's say, of the subject. And that, is, that tension is always part of Hatoum's work. I think when you talk about the beauty, it's the light too. That the light actually makes it something that's not just entrails, but it's it's also reflecting other things that we might purity. Purity. 
But you know, the entrails are white when you wash. The ent I've washed a lot of entrails in Greece, uh, lamb in entrails to make kokoretsi that we make in, uh, in uh, and she too probably, because it's comparable cultures. Uh, they make uh, lamb intestines on the spit, and you have to wash totally the intestines in the faucet, and they are pure white, like this. Oh, really? Okay, so I think what we're going to do is, um, the, the official talk is over, but I think the uh, informal talk will continue over the next week. So thank you all for coming, and thank you very much for speaking to us.